And I'm Kitty Amen, and this is the Drinking Like Ladies in Crisis podcast. This podcast is a companion project to our book, Drinking Like Ladies, where we asked women bartenders from around the world to take inspiration from amazing women in history and invent drinks based on their lives. Eventually, hopefully soon, each episode will celebrate a rad woman doing amazing things. For now, however, we are inviting experts of all genders to offer advice in navigating the many challenges we are facing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we are joined by Rachel Munyard, who is a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, yoga therapist, and sound healer in Boston, Massachusetts. In this episode, we'll get woo-woo about our nervous system, talk about what yoga therapy is, and address why we're all having such crazy-ass dreams right now. By the way, since we are social distancing, we're recording from remote locations, meaning our audio quality is occasionally at the mercy of a very busy internet. We hope you enjoy this interview and don't mind the occasional audio blips. Here's our conversation with Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. We're so excited to have you uh, joining us today. Yeah. Hey, Kitty. Thanks so much for inviting me along today. And this is um, something I'm super passionate about. So um, could you tell us a little bit about like what yoga therapy is for our listeners that don't know? It's pretty new, I feel like. It is fairly new and I'm super excited. I feel like Boston is really on the forefront of this yoga therapy jam and it's really like doing therapy, but on your mat, connecting with your your layers. So it's really integrative in the sense of honoring your physical, mental, emotional, energetic, wisdom body. Um, and so the work that I do is really helping people to tap into their own inner wisdom. It's really about giving people the space to know that they have all the wisdom and resources they need internally. So could you tell us about how like yoga therapy, like a little bit more about like what a session might look like or how it might be different from clinical therapy? It's really more of a body-based practice. So clients have this capability of exploring a lot of different modalities, including chakras and yin yoga, breath work, mindfulness practice, compassionate practices, essential oils, um, sound. So when a client comes in, it's really a new canvas each time that they arrive. And the, the work is to really, I think, hold a compassionate space and meet the client where they're at and then give them the space to just move through their experience. Anybody who knows both Kitty and myself knows that this is more Kitty's wheelhouse than mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I much prefer the cocktails to the kombucha. So, um, <laughs> and so I've always found, you know, the yoga studio, and I think a lot of people who work in the hospitality industry, especially nightlife, find the yoga studio to be a bit intimidating, or at least kind of this, this image of what we see from, you know, the perfect poses on Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. So can you talk a little bit about how this might differ from, you know, this kind of image that we have, those of us who feel a little bit more uncomfortable about the yoga practice? 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely want to recognize that there is this um, stereotype and narrative that we're really seeing, I think, um, in yoga studios and um, within, you know, social media platforms and a sense of like, we're not bendy enough or we're not doing the fucking perfect pose or we're not the right shape or not the right color. And yoga is for fucking everyone. And I think this narrative, we need to sort of really work on um, kiboshing that and making space that it's for everyone. And so the yoga, yoga therapy as such is a space, I think, that can really be much more suggestive and spacious and invitational. This is a regular yoga class. You're going and being told, put your leg here and do this and bend your knee to 90 degrees. And I think, you know, for you guys that may not feel so comfortable to come into a yoga studio, that it gives a little bit more of a opportunity to do whatever the fuck you want on your mat. There's an opportunity then to move however your body needs. And that may be slow. That may be fast. It's really honoring your inner experience. So there is a space for me. Yes, <laughs> yes definitely. So can you talk to us a little bit about the science of our brains and stress and our nervous system? Oh my gosh, yes. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> okay, so the sympathetic nervous system <laughs> is actually uh, broken into two parts, okay? And it's made up of our autonomic nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system. Our anatomic nervous system really takes care of our um, regulating the functions of our body or our homeostasis and a lot of the unconscious actions that we need to sort of you know take care of that we don't even think about so when our onatomic nervous system is overactivated, it can really draw out what's known as the flight flight freeze response as humans we're designed to always be looking for fear and it's natural because we're wanting to keep ourselves protected and safe so it's paramount that our uh, atomic nervous system is functioning. And for it's okay to be in that anatomic nervous system for a little while because we need to get some shit done, but it just wreaks havoc on our adrenal glands. And it actually, I don't know about you, but I know when I'm in it, it like fries my brain. I can't think straight. And the other side of this is that our um, parasympathetic nervous system, when we're living in this more present way of being, which is our rest and digest, calm and play and stay response, we're able to sort of navigate our experience from more of a sense of being grounded, being more present and balancing our circadian rhythms. So our circadian rhythms are what helps to keep our system really well regulated. And that's made up of our sleep cycles, our moods, our hormones and our appetite. And so the importance of being able to sort of shift from this play and stay to sometimes flight fight response is really, you know, necessary for us to be able to navigate ourselves in the world. But right now, I think we're probably as much as we, a lot of us, if we're, you know, in our little protective bubble right now are still feeling this sense of overwhelm and fear and, you know, that can really disrupt our entire system. 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about stretching? You know, I think a lot of people understand stretching as something that they should do, right? Like whether it's a fitnessing or whatever, but like, can you tell us a little bit more about like why that can be therapeutic? Yeah, totally. Um, a lot about stress can get blocked in our physical body and pent up. So emotions and mental stress. And so it can be a really great way to get back in your body. And there's research to say that, you know, long hold stretches or more moving flow can actually help to shift um, what's known in Chinese medicine as the qi body, getting a little woo-woo here, but uh, <laughs> the qi or the energetic body, you know, flush things out or shift things through and also can be helpful to reduce aches and pains in the body because often it will start know about you but when I get stressed we probably all know our stress spots mine is neck and shoulders so you know knowing that that's mental stress for me and we all have our love spots so taking you know a few minutes just to breathe and stretch my neck you know after a few minutes can feel like something shifted um, and then what about breath? So a lot of people are coming to meditation and things like that and learning breath practices, but um, what would be, why would we practice um, a breath practice to help relax? Yeah. Yeah. Breath is breathing or active breathing is almost like a meditation because you're in the present moment, you're directing your attention to a particular task and so number one, it's almost like a meditative practice. Number two, it can actually, um, when we're stressed, we don't necessarily breathe super well. And so it can be really helpful to bring breath into particular parts of the body. You know, often when we're stressed, we may uh, actually breathe more up into our, our lungs and our heart. Um, and there's benefits to show that if we direct the breath down more into our diaphragm and our side body, and we're taking sort of these longer, slower inhales and exhales, this ignites our parasympathetic nervous system and can really send a message to the brain to calm down. That's also very sort of like giving yourself a little massage in your body using your breath. <laughs> um, what about soundings? Yeah, so this is a little woo-woo, but we'll go with it. I know it's a little woo-woo. <laughs> um, but yeah, sound healing, there's something that in the last few years, it was actually many years ago when I was living in Australia, being an Aussie, watched a YouTube video of a, a dude playing crystal healing bowls in New York City. I'm like, that's going to be me one day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get these bowls. And I just had an affinity with these, these um, crystal healing bowls. And if anyone's had an amethyst ring or you know, um, some sort of like beautiful necklace with a, a crystal and it's pretty much taking clear quartz and shaping that into a bowl that resonates sound. And these sound bowls um, resonate with different parts of our body and the vibrations um, can help to clear energetic blockages out and can also be very relaxing. So it's another way to activate our parasympathetic nervous system. So oh, I love it. I actually have some kosher bells with me as well. I don't know if playing those right now would be beneficial. Um, I just got these new woo-woo bells, which are made in the Pyrenees out of bamboo. And it's another way to just calm your system down. I describe these as like 
if fairies made music, this is what it would sound like. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. <laughs> Magical. Yeah, I I agree, Kitty. They sound quite magical. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Kitty here. If you are interested in learning more about Rachel and the practices she mentions today, you can find her on Instagram at Rachel's underscore space. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-S underscore S-P-A-C-E. Or on the internet at rachelspace.com. That's Rachel's space with two S's in the middle. Now back to our conversation with Rachel. A lot of our friends, um, and myself included and Kitty included, we've been talking a lot about our anxiety and our anxiety has been through the roof and the result has been everything from insomnia to crazy dream patterns. Um, But it's definitely something that we've all been talking about amongst ourselves is how high our anxiety is. And can you recommend some techniques to help manage this anxiety and, you know, whether it's anxiety what we would do for anxiety, what we would do for stress specifically or insomnia, or what about if it's all, we have the whole package because why not, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I think first of all, really honoring that, you know, the anxiety is there. And I think that one of the things I'm really working with, with my own self and also something that I advocate with practice is that the anxiety, often we want to push like an uncomfortable feeling away. And if we can start to perhaps create a sense of befriending the anxiety and know that it's actually there for a reason, like this is our system, our wisdom body giving us this message and honoring that rather than, you know, I don't want to feel you right now. You can go away, go away and have a cup of tea. That's like, actually, I hear you, I see you. And there's some amazing tools that we can really um, used to empower ourselves. So thinking about you peeps in the fabulous restaurant, amazing bar world, and what, you know, could be tangible for you peeps, because maybe you're, you're like, I don't want to fucking go on a yoga mat. That's like not landing for me right now. So, um, you know, befriending in the sense of practicing a little bit of compassion and the way that I have come to really sit with this, if it's hard to, be compassionate to yourself in that moment. What would it feel like if you were holding a newborn baby? Like, you know how much fucking love you, most people have for a juicy newborn baby. Like, it's just like so yummy. Or maybe it's like a, a puppy or your fur baby, like that radical compassion that you can have to this beautiful being that you get to snuggle every day. Uh, And then some of that energy, when you're cultivating that in your mind, that sort of can start to settle into your heart. You know, listening to music, we talked about this a little earlier, Um, getting outdoors in nature can be another way to really help sort of calm anxiety, taking naps and slowing down. So knowing that anxiety can sort of make us be more on this sort of, you know, we talked about this earlier, this like frayed nerves and 
the anxiousness can sort of build in an upwards trajectory often into our body. So getting back into the earth and getting out, maybe taking a hike can be really a great way, getting next to bodies of water. Other things that could be helpful is reducing sugar intake, alcohol intake, um, nicotine, because this builds up toxicity in your body. Uh, so, you know, maybe replacing coffee as well with herbal teas or having a mocktail instead of the cocktail. <laughs> um, and then if, I don't know about you, but I talk a lot when I'm anxious. And so there can be an opportunity to maybe sit and be in silence with yourself and read or journal and just see how that feels in your body. Um, and then other things like you, if you are going to jam out the yoga, some more slow practices can be really nice, like restorative. I teach a um, restorative, couple of restorative classes a week um, or doing some meditation. But, you know, giving yourself this sort of space to check in. And these are just suggestions. So what we say is, is yoga as therapy is that I suggest you see what floats your boat. And what doesn't, because what works for one peep is not going to work for the other. And this is where the wisdom comes from your inner experience. Misty sent me an article the other day, actually, that was like, look, yoga, you can do in bed. And I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> like, I found my yoga. <laughs> well, speaking of being in bed, how about those of us who have been lying in bed, but not oh, sleeping at all because yeah. the insomnia is raging. It's just Oh, yeah. And you actually, Misty, you talked about the, the, the dreams and, you know, often quite intense dreams. Know that this is part of your system also trying to process this collective experience, this collective trauma that we're going through. And so it, you know, it's really finding ways to process and clear out and um, so trust that, but yeah, definitely the insomnia action. So what I would say, the first thing is again, coming back to this, like compassion for yourself, like, okay, I can't sleep or I fucking woke up again. That's okay. And the more that we can create that sense of, I think, compassion around, you know, that, that we're waking up, which can be incredibly frustrating at times or really annoying. One of the suggestions, or I have quite a few, I'm like so excited about this stuff, but getting off social media, a little earlier. I don't know about you, but I am literally like in front of my screen 24 seven right now because everything we're doing is pretty much on social media. So giving yourself that space, I actually set a timer and I'm a bit of a nana. I like to go to bed about 1030, uh, two hours beforehand to remind myself to actually just step away. I recently was listening to a podcast where somebody suggested actually buying those old school timers oh. and putting one on your internet so that oh. at a certain point in time, it just shuts That's off, okay. you know, and That's so awesome. that you can, at that point in time, that's like, are you going to get up and go and unplug it and plug in your internet connection? No, you're probably going to like Do something go else. to bed and read a book or, yeah. you know, or at least, you know calm down and put the screens away. So I thought that was a really awesome suggestion. Yeah. Amazing. Good. You know, there's good wealth in the old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other things that I really have found helpful for me and also working with clients is um, perhaps finding some essential oils that you really like. So um, check out like some that are amazing is definitely lavender, sweet orange, bogomont, chamomile that you could 
blend yourself up and either put it in a diffuser, which is, you know, this little thing you stick beside your bed with water or put it on a tissue and maybe add it or add it to your pajamas or, or pillow. Um, the other thing that I would recommend is that if you do wake up in the middle of the night is um, deep sleep yoga nidra, which is a, basically a guided body scan to relax your parts of your body. And I, I'm probably 20 minutes in and, and, and I, I'm asleep. One geeky thing I do know about the eyes is that even when your eyes are closed, we have little senses because our eyelids are uh, porous they are there to detect fear and to keep us safe. So by placing something dark over our eyes can actually just send a message to the brain that can sort of move into this deeper space. So maybe exploring the eye mask, if that floats your boat, see if you have deeper rest or it makes no difference to your rest or it feels fabulous. Yeah. Is there any, are there any general things you might recommend with someone who's just feeling a bit lower, um, or depressed. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming back to essential oils again, there are some great oils that you can use to uplift yourself. So, and you could also do this with tea. So peppermint tea, um, rosemary, just to sort of get the senses lifted. Um, a positive affirmation practice or a gratitude practice can be uh, really great. I actually do a gratitude practice every night before I go to bed. And now I've sort of got my beloved on board. So we just take a moment to pause and be like, yo, what are you grateful for today? And um, I think reaching out to loved ones and letting people know, like, how are you feeling, you know, and communities that you connect with. So reaching out to peeps and just like letting people know how you're feeling, you know, how you're doing. Um, yeah, puppy snuggles and feline pats, I think are so good for the soul. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> From a yogic perspective, flow yoga can be really good. So more sort of movement practice rather than stiller practices can be really helpful to sort of shift moods. So anything where you're lifting the arms up and reaching up overhead. So some sun salutations could be amazing. Some half sun salutations, some lunging with you know, arms reaching up could be really awesome as well. Um, and then I think really finding ways to laugh. Like one of the things I've really been checking in with, with, you know, students and clients and also beloveds is like, how can we use this experience to maybe get a little lighter? So spending, I've been, you know, we've been back and forth with sending ridiculous emojis and Finding like comedy relief in this stuff. Like I'm really into toilet humor. My husband and I are always talking about poop. So, <laughs> and my friends know that. So anything to do with pooping and farting is our jam. So whatever your jam is, find comedy relief in that. <laughs> we always like to end um, with our last question before our lightning round on a positive note. Um, so from your perspective, what are some positive benefits um, you can identify uh, either for yourself or maybe for some of your clients or community at large um, from our collective furlough? Yeah, I think great question, Kitty. So although in one way we're feeling on a community level more isolated, it's actually created on another level a sense of more connection and vulnerability, seeing so many inspirational stories of you know care packages and 
um, getting things out on the front line and maybe dropping off like where I live. We live in a little loop. And so we have a little chat going about, I'm going to the shops. Do you need something? And it's, I actually feel in a way like this has actually brought us together in a, in a, in a deeper way, if that makes sense. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and thank you for all of the great advice as we navigate all of these really intense times and feelings and situations. Thanks so much for having me on, peeps. It's been amazing. Last call. Every one of our interviews, we end with the last call lightning round. It gives us a little bit of insight into each of our guests and leaves us on a nice high note. So are you ready? I'm ready, baby. You're in a bar. You don't want to look at a menu. What's your go-to drink? Ah, g and <laughs> <laughs> Solid answer. Uh, if you could have a drink with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? Yeah, I think, you know, I wasn't political before uh, the administration right now, but it would definitely be Barack Obama, our amazing human, humanitarian, thoughtful dude. Yeah. Uh. Awesome. I'd love to join you guys. Uh, <laughs> Desert Island drink. Just one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? <gasps> it's sweet nothings. What's that? <laughs> so I, I know you peeps are like cocktail glamorizons, but I had to write it down because I was so blown away by this drink. Super delicious. Gin, blueberry, lavender, shrub, lemon, bitters. Oh, yeah. I needed two that night. Oh, and that's continued. So good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so espresso martini, Baileys or no Baileys? I love you, but no, 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 I'm sorry. I don't do any of those, but I'm vibing a French 75 right now. <laughs> I love it. I think you're our first person that's just said hard pass, and I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. No and no. <laughs> okay, and finally, what's your last call song? Well, right now I am loving um, – Sunday Best by Surfaces. Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in Durkle, walk around the neighborhood. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got that sunshine on my Sunday best. I think I love it because it, it talks about, like, we put on our Sunday best, but then we're going to fall over and then we get back up again. It's just like, this is life and... Right now, this is like, we just got to get back up again and, you know, keep doing our thing. And we're doing an awesome job just one day at a time. Sunday best every freaking day. <laughs> Thanks to Rachel Mignard for joining us today. She really is such a gem and I took so much great comfort from everything that she shared. Um, I can say, as a friend of hers and a fellow yoga student, her classes are the best. She was so great. Uh, I took a huge sigh of relief when she said that all of this anxiety that I'm experiencing is actually here for a reason. I think it's really easy to forget that it's a response to kind of this insanity and the crazy situation that we're in right now, and it's totally normal. As always, a huge thank you to our amazing producer who makes us sound good, Mr. Chris Voss. In addition to hearing his work here on our podcast, you can actually hear his real voice, his real life voice, as the weekday afternoon DJ on Boston's classical radio station, 99.5 WCRB. 
which you can find and stream online at classicalwcrb.org. You can also find and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drinking Like Ladies and on Twitter at Drink Like Ladies. Please subscribe to the Drinking Like Ladies podcast wherever you listen to podcasts for updates on new episodes and to check out past episodes you may have missed. Until next time, I'm Kitty. And I'm Misty. And this is Drinking Like Ladies, a Spirit of Rock podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.